having success does not necessarily mean that I'm living a great life. So success does not e equal greatness. Sure. Greatness is only when the individual is constantly questioning themselves, asking the question, is where I am pushing aligned with my soul? Welcome to Spiritually Hungry. Monica was telling me before we started recording, she doesn't look so top last week. So if you haven't heard last week, I do recommend at least listening to the first 10 minutes of last week's episode. It was quite All a, of it, actually. All of it, but the entertainment, I think, in the first 10 minutes the most. Well, we're excited to continue our discussion on tapping into your greatness and what it takes to achieve it. So we established, after all the jokes and fun, that it's hard. It's actually hard to embrace your greatness, which seems counterintuitive because it's really connecting to the most powerful parts of you. Why should it be so hard? But to start with, it's uncomfortable. Also, I think that some people aren't sure about their greatness. Well, I think we touched upon this last week also. People misunderstand that greatness means that you are obviously great or you've done great things or people know that you've achieved, you, you've hit a certain place in your life or status that is important to you and therefore you've revealed your greatness. But that's not what we're saying. Right. And but, but I'm saying separate and apart from that, I wonder, and my hope is that through this podcast, we're able to inspire all of our listeners to live a life with the knowledge that they are great, that they have limitless potential within them. And regardless of any mistakes we might have done, no matter where we are in our lives right now, we have this divine power, each one of us, inside. I feel like that's a big one, because we can, we can talk about mistakes and how people get stuck in the error of their ways, and they think that that defines them, and, and no matter what goodness they may do later, it can't, it can't erase that. Right. Well, and it brings up a very important teaching, which is the understanding that as we go through life, we are born, every single one of us, with this powerhouse of, of potential that, unfortunately, for many people, is, remains untapped throughout most of their lives. But there's nothing that we can do to damage that. So we use the example of a, a light bulb that shines brightly. You can then put a covering on it. You could put a shade on it. It becomes dimmer to view. You put a second shade, it becomes even dimmer. And you can put so many shades on that very bright light that eventually all you see is darkness. But the bulb and its light never diminished. All that you were able to do or ever able to do is conceal it. Conceal it. And and I really hope and I, I say this to myself because you know, so if you if we woke up every morning with the knowledge that we have this power within us, we live different lives. I think it's that we wake up most mornings and doubting who we are, doubting the power that we have. So two important understandings which are related. One, I and you and every single one of us was born with this tremendous power to do, to be. Second, there's nothing that I can ever do to damage that innate power. Yes, it's possible to conceal it, it's possible to cover it, but never damage it. And if you are able to 
wake up every morning. And that is why there is a, there's a meditation that we do Kabbalistically every morning, where we, we awaken the first thing you are supposed to do in the morning. This is the first meditation, the first thought, even before you put the feet to the ground in the morning, should be, I know that within me I have what we call my soul, which, which simply means tremendous power. And, and, of course, what I need to do throughout the day is find ways to express that great power. And but what are the words to that prayer? In, in English, it would be, I thank you for bringing back my soul into my body. Right? So that you have the ability or the opportunity well, soul, to... Well, then the next thought would be, yes, and therefore, how would I... How, if you knew you had that power, right? Let's use a crazy example. If a person woke up with the power to heal people, right? What were they? And they, they were told in the morning they didn't have it the day before. They woke up today and said, "You have the power to heal people." Well, I'm assuming most of us would start running to every hospital we know and right and trying to and not trying using the healing power. Also, we'd believe that we have it because we were told that we, we were do. Told, right? Exactly. I mean, that's that's a big part of what gets in our way was we don't believe it's possible. Right. So, so what I'm asking every single one of us, and reminding myself that every morning when you wake up, remind the first thought should be the first thought should be. I have tremendous power within me. And then the second thought should be, okay, well then what am I going to do with that? I, I find, and I, you know, I, I think I often mention this, but for me, I, I see this as one of the most important goals of my life, to awaken as many people to appreciate who they are and the power that they have within. Because that, to the degree that you believe that, to the degree that you tap into that truth, your life will be completely different. Well, here's the thing. I, I think that for people to tap into their greatness, first we need to remove the noise, the negative thoughts that stand in our way, because a lot of our time throughout our lives is in that place of, you know, I'm not good enough, or I'm not able, or I can't, instead of the thought that you just said of waking up in the morning and say, wow, I have this opportunity, I'm alive today, what am I going to make the day? Instead I'm alive of, and I have this great power within me, right? Instead yes. of being consumed with these these other things, most of our thoughts that we have, if we're honest, are based on external. What do they think? If I start to tap into my greatness and go down this road, what do I have to abandon? Whether it's a job I'm currently in, or my current friends, or my current situation, right? There's a lot of variables that we get worried about that's all external instead of focusing on internal. I think the first step in accepting your greatness is to really see the power that you have within. And it's it's interesting because it's like a word I never really use, but I've been using a lot in the last month. I mean, normally I would compare it to like Kung Fu Panda, the cartoon, the animated film about your life force, your chi, right? And your energy and that it flows through you and everything comes from there. So there's five ways to know that you found your chi, which I thought was kind of cool. Because I was thinking about that. I felt personally, as much as I am aligned with my purpose, I felt like my energy, like there was a leak in my energy. And I was, okay, what is going on? And so I started to explore this idea of chi. And I think it's a really simple way to kind of just check yourself with how attuned you are in terms of your thoughts that flow through you, connected to your body, and therefore your actions are expressed through that. So one is you've learned to listen and trust your feelings Feelings are a way we communicate to ourselves. And we talk a lot about feelings. Trust your feelings. Wait one second. Not that every emotion, because I'm going to unpack it before you challenge me. Not that every feeling you have, like, oh, I just have a feeling and that person, because it can be mixed with judgments and we can misunderstand. Fears. However, the, the feelings I'm talking about are more aligned with soul, intuition, 
gut, right? That it's a, it comes from a different place. It's not in your head. It's very much through you. Because my point is this, even if you have a negative thought or feeling, it's still an indication of where you're at. It doesn't mean that it's true. It's showing you, it's shining a light on something that you need to work on, remove, focus on. I mean, I check in with myself multiple times a day if I'm feeling a certain way and say, okay, is this real or imagined? Now, even if the feeling's imagined, it's also an indication that I'm not putting my energy in the right place or I wouldn't be going in that other direction. But can it be dangerous? Like, unfortunately, we know people who are like, oh, I have a feeling about this person. He's not a good person. Oh, I have a feeling about this person there. It can absolutely be dangerous. The only way this works is if you're honest with yourself. And for a person to be honest with themselves takes tremendous practice. I mean, I've talked about this, right? There's a person I know that when you have an argument with them, they're like, I can't explain it. I just feel it. Well, that's a really convenient way of getting out of an argument because you can't argue feelings. But what I'm saying is if you're really attuned with yourself, right? Look at yourself personally. I'm speaking to you, Michael. If you have a feeling about something, right? You trust yourself. You work really hard not to be judgmental. Your your thoughts, you you check them. Maybe you'll check in with me. You're, you're very, uh, it's very aligned with who you want to be as a person. I think for the most part, you can trust your feelings. And if you know, you're able to now detect if a feeling is coming from a place of judgment or a place of truth. Would you say that's accurate? I think so. Okay, I'm so not I'm, sure I'm that ta- that's... I'm, but no, I, what I'm saying, case, this is cheap. This is the highest, I'm saying your energy flow, okay. right? The second is you feel connected to something greater. The third is you flow, which we spoke about, which is you're, you're acting hand in hand with the creator. The fourth is you experience inner strength empowerment and peace all at once so again it's all about being connected that's a, that's a that's a huge statement how many people do you know that well, are it's experiencing practice. it's practice okay we'll say it again inner strength right perseverance desire right all of those things empowerment so you have the ability to take action and you do so and peace is peace of mind. I don't think it's such a big, actually. Well, you I know think, a lot of people who are living I'm with that I'm saying if you have inner strength and then you act on your inner strength, then you are going to have peace of mind. I think they all go hand in hand. Okay, I'm just saying it's, it's a big ask. And my point is, though, in everything I've said so far, even though you didn't let me get to the last one yet, is that I want us to be busy with those kinds of thoughts and responsibilities versus all of the other stuff that gets in our way of why we can't even pursue greatness. I rather this list be the high priority list and you struggle with that every day and that's at the forefront of your mind than all the other stuff, all the other noise that comes into our way that I'm not good enough, I can't, and this, that, jealousy, whatever it is, comparison. The fifth on the list is your life has a sense of purpose. And again, how do you do that? You wake up every morning and making sure that you are your goals, your desires, your intentions are aligned with what truly matters. You know, like honestly, 20 minutes before we started to record today, I had to share with Abigail that a second grader in her school passed away today. And it's not a conversation that even though she didn't know the boy, of course she started crying. She has deep empathy. What was my first thing? Like, oh my God, we better make sure that we appreciate every single moment of every day, right? So it's just about what are you putting in your mind? Where are you? Are you able to tap into that level of appreciation every day? Not automatically, of course not. But I mean, I think that's, I think to live your greatness, of course, it requires all of those things. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I just think it's not easy work. And I didn't say it was easy, but I love that. Usually it's the other way around. You're saying something really lofty. I'm like, well, I agree with you, but I think that if we're not really clear about 
this is the list that matters and this needs to be on your to-be list every day and then your actions go in accordance to that versus all of the other things that we we spend time with. Yeah, and, and the last one, right, finding a life of purpose. And I think it relates to something we touched upon before, which is, you know, what greatness means. And I think most people don't appreciate enough, you know, this breadth of influence, right, how many people, number, and then this depth of influence. And meaning. I, meaning, not that I have influence on a hundred people, even, or a thousand people, but but there is one person that I influence very deeply. Mm. For instance, parents. Right? Parents have a very deep influence on their children. More than most, really. More than most. And, and I think, if you went to some parents, some that come to mind, and you asked them, are you living a great life, or life of greatness, maybe, they would say, well, I don't know, I was busy raising the kids, you know, so no, <laughs> right? They were thinking, them mistakenly thinking, that what the question was, did you, did you write an amazing book that a million people read? They had right? to make these great sacrifices. Right, but, but if you realize, no, living a life of greatness is, is having a deep, positive impact, right? So, so even if all, in quotes, a person does, is that he or she was a parent, but the question is, were you a great parent? And by great, I mean, was your deep influence on your children a positive one? Unfortunately, how many parents we know that their influence on their kids was not a positive one? And even people who we know who love their kids, either because of distraction or other reasons, don't focus enough on the deep impact that they are both meant to have and actually have either by action or omission on their children. So, so again, I, I, I'm a very big believer in what I call the internal work, which is, when we talk, every time we talk about greatness, I always worry that people start thinking, oh, you know, when am I writing my great novel? No, no. no it's about when are you having your, the next great influence on your son? Your, your, when are you, when are you having best. the next great influence on your wife? When are you having the next great influence on your friend? And really ask yourself that question. I think many of us, whether it's our families or even close friend groups, I'm not sure we often gauge with that question. You know, how deep is my positive impact on the people who I do have great influence, be they my family or, or my close friends? And that's really living a great life. You know, and, and I. Well, I think it's tricky because I think often people, when they decide to do something, they say, oh, is this big enough? Is it influencing enough people? And while there is, obviously, you want to have a great reach, but I think to your point, that depth, you know, I mean, often. Abigail and I on this book tour, we went to another school today in New York City, and we met with um, second graders through fifth graders. And I remember looking out in the crowd of kids, and you can see when they kind of light up and they ask different questions and they're inspired. And I, I remember thinking, I was saying, like, this is the most important thing I'm doing because you don't even know, like, if one child, if it switched something for them, right? Like this one one kid raised his hand. He said, I'm dyslexic and so is my whole family, but we don't think it's a superpower. My brother won't talk about it. He's embarrassed. And I was oh. like, okay, let's talk about this, right? And if, if that even just shifted something, then imagine for generations, right? And it, it will change everything. So I think it's about that, really. Absolutely. And that's why I think it's so, like, I often say this, you know, we have the, the merit to, to give lectures to hundreds to thousands of people. And for me, it always is. If one person. Is there, and I, always, I often say this, and it's really true. 
Because by the way, I always assume that if you're talking to a thousand people, you know, how many of them really get what you're trying to say? Well, it doesn't matter. You know, any influence. They certainly aren't listening to the whole thing. They might get one one sentence of the... But if there's one person who you've deeply impacted, it's worth it. It's worth it. And by the way, I'm thinking about this podcast, you know, hundreds of thousands of people listen to this podcast. But but for me, it's not so much about, you know, it's about, you know, is is there even just one person? Well, that's what really... Something we said that has a deep impact. That was my mantra when I started public speaking. I was terrified at first. Like every time I got up, it's like, if it helps one person, it's enough. Exactly. And I still say that, yeah. So to our listeners, as we are hopefully all being inspired to live a life of greatness, what I want us to ask the question is, how many great interactions did I have with my child this week? And if you think about it, it's really interesting, because we have, you know, they're blessed with, you know, we have four kids, and we have spent, you know, time with all of them. But I can point to the great moments, they're all great moments, right? And just to be clear, even if you're just sitting there and you're playing, you know, a silly game with your kids, they're all great moments, but deep moments. And I don't know that as parents, we ask ourselves often enough the question, how often do I have a deep moment? Do you think you have to be in a state of joy to be able to do that? Do you think that you can feel greatness in the mundane or in what you might not think is the purpose of your life, the ultimate purpose, if you're not in a state of joy. And I'm not saying happiness, because I think happiness and joy are two different things, and I'm happy to unpack that, but do you think so? I think it's harder. I think when a person is in a state of sadness, for example. Or frustration, or... Right, it's harder to have a great impact outside of yourself, because you're so involved in your own feelings and emotions at that time. Yeah, I think that's a big thing. Like, I think that people can be happy. We have moments of happiness, and it's fleeting, though, right? Joy is maintaining a state of consciousness where no matter what happens, even if you feel like the day was mundane or robotic, you're able to find purpose and meaning in it, and therefore, you're tapping into greatness. So, are you still spiritually hungry? Did you know that every morsel of profound spiritual wisdom shared by Monica and Michael during the Spiritually Hungry podcast derives from the ancient wisdom of Kabbalah? As co-directors of the Kabbalah Center, Monica and Michael would like to invite you to a paradigm-shifting Kabbalah course. This course has impacted thousands of students across the globe, giving them a greater sense of purpose, understanding, fulfillment, and inner peace. This Kabbalah course provides you not only with the wisdom, but the tools to integrate spiritual principles into your everyday life. And there's still time to join. Registration is pay what you can and open through June 21st. Sign up for this course at getkabbalah.com. That's G-E-T-K-A-B-B-A-L-A-H.com. What I think is important is to really look back at our week and say, with those that I have a deep influence on, be them my kids, my wife, my but That's the thing, bingo, right? Most people don't think they are influential. Like if we're well, saying... Well, you are, but that's the But point. that's the thing. Like even as parents, we think that, especially if we take, for instance, if our children speak back to us and we take that seriously as an indication that they don't love us or respect us, we think we're not influencing them, which obviously isn't true. But when you're in that reactive state, you do take that seriously. Absolutely. Right? So I think the first thing is realize your influence. Yes. For good and bad. And which leads to another very important understanding or teaching. One of the fundamental teachings is that 
what we call the creator or the light of the creator or the universe or God, if some people refer to that force, behaves towards us as we behave. Right? There is a concept of, of, of that the light of the creator is our shadow. Which means that to the degree that I see myself as powerful, then that energy is, is showered down upon me. If I see myself as weak, as, as, as not powerful, as not influential, then that light will not shine upon me, the power of influence, the power of strength. So, it, this, this consciousness that we are talking about, this thought that we are talking about, of understanding our greatness, is not simply you know, a motivator. Right? It actually is a very powerful tool. The more you accept, know that you have this greatness within you, the more of that greatness you receive. Especially in spite of what feedback you might get, right? Of course. I mean, so many people are bullied. If they took that seriously, they might think they could do nothing or they're not anything, right? But instead, if you ignore that and you say, wow, you know, that's what I did. I believed it at first, right? I believed all the negative things I ever heard about myself. And then it was so overwhelming at some point. It's like, well, you know, I must be really threatening, which means there is some power within me that I'm not recognizing that people are even paying attention to me. Why am I bothering people so much, right? And then I stopped listening to the negativity. Instead, I said, okay, I'm going to tap into what I do know to be true and grow that. Right. Yeah, and related to that, th- there's another idea that that I often think about when I when I think about greatness. Uh, you know, there's there's a concept that when we speak about the, the the force, the light of the creator, it's not a person, a being that has decisions. Right. I like this person. I don't like this person. I'll I'll give power to this person. It's it's a sim- what we call a simple light, which also means that in the path that a person chooses so he or she will be led in the path that we choose. Which means, there is a famous biblical story about a very bad man. His name was Bil'am. Uh, he is a biblical person who did terrible things. He was, he was able, it says, he had a power with his words, with his curses, and he was given great power. But of course, he uses it in a negative way, and the sages ask the question, Why was he given, why the was he given power so much in the first power? Place. Mm-hmm. And the answer is, in the path that a person chooses to be led, so he or she will be led. Which means, because the energy is simple, it goes where you direct it. But the question is, why was he given that? Are you saying everybody's given the same amount of energy? Not necessarily. No, different souls have more, the, more right. or less power. But, but, but was his soul but, negative, or, or he was given a great amount of light, and he had that choice in that moment? And he, that second option, which is that he was a great soul, but because his ego got, got the best of him, mm. He directed his power and his strength with which he was born in a negative way. So, so I think it's really an important. Tale. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a very important understanding that you have to ask yourself the question all the time: How aligned is where I'm pushing towards with what I would call my soul, or you can call with the light of the Creator? How much of it? Is, we spoke a little bit last time about ego, ego base, but the understanding that you, a person, can do great things but be completely blinded about what he or she should have done and how they got there. So just because, but for example, and we know this, right? I mean, you read about this in the press all the time. Just because somebody's successful, whatever that word means, does not mean that they have done great things. As a matter of fact, some people have done terrible things, and they are quote unquote unquote successful. They're certainly not, yeah, it's in our estimation, great. Though, at first, because why were they given that abundance? And, and 
Yeah. Well, the that's a big, that's a whole other question. Do, it's an they, interesting question. Yeah, do, do, the question is, do they really enjoy it? Right? Is it really pleasurable just because the person has, let's say, a certain amount of money or 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 fame, whatever those words are, whatever those achievements are? Now they're really happy with it. That's a whole other conversation. But well, I wasn't but, saying that. I was saying why are they given the opportunity for that? Well, because they have a great soul. They have, they have a great potential. But the point is that achievement is not an indication that I lived, I lived greatly, For sure. that I've achieved greatness. Right? If you understand that the, the way the system works... And you is can that, go up and down on that scale at any time. Right? Exactly. But that's why it's so important to keep questioning the alignment of your push. Is it coming from really from your soul? Is it coming really from an alignment of what I would call the light of the Creator? Because understanding that the light of the Creator is simple, and in the path that one chooses, he or she is led, then the fact that I'm having success here, or the fact that I'm, as I push forward in this direction, having success, does not necessarily mean that I'm living a great life. So, success does not equal greatness. Sure. Greatness is only when the individual is constantly questioning themselves, asking the question, is where I am pushing aligned with my soul? Is where I'm pushing aligned with what I would say, the light to the Creator? Or is, how much is my ego involved, right? How much is is other, our other... Uh, ancillary or or neg not positive uh, desires pushing in that direction. I mean, I think a simple way of saying that, or the question to ask yourself each day throughout the day, is: Am I living within my integrity today? Right. I mean, really showing up in right. the greatness of of who you can be. Meaning, you make a mistake, you pause, you check yourself, you choose better. It's constantly unpeeling, as you said earlier, those layers that come upon us each day, whether we lose our temper, or we say something we didn't mean to, or whatever, right? But it's really, I think, living with integrity in every situation. Yeah, again, because, you know, we've had, over the years, seen so many people... Which, by the way, that goes back to my chi list. That is, that is, that's integrity. I mean, it's all of those, looking at all facets of your being, and trying to get to the highest place that you can. Yeah, and I was saying, saying we, you know, we've seen you know, over the years, people who ha- who did not seem to behave in integrity seem to have success. And and at the end of the day, you see it come full circle. You see that play out. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I think it's really important, again, when we talk about living a life of greatness, we are not necessarily talking about having this success or that success. It's, it's living a life where you're pushing and directing, what I would say, the light of the Creator in a direction that is in al- alignment with your soul, with your integrity, I would say further in line with the light of the Creator. Mm-hmm. So I thought it'd be interesting to share. There's a psychologist. His name is Frank Furley. I Farley. know Frank. You know Frank? No, I don't know Frank. And he made a list is of it Furley or Farley. Farley. He made a list of in in looking at living a life of greatness. What are the qualities that most to different degrees? So it doesn't necessarily mean you have to have all of these qualities. He did this with research of yes. working with people. Yes, and looking through, looking at history, what mm-hmm. makes a person live a life of greatness? And um, he did has we a, touch on any. I'm, I'm guessing we did on some of them, and I think it's interesting. Again, both as hopefully our listeners and ourselves, we look at living a life of greatness. What are the qualities that we either have we want to develop? Is one of them trusting their gut? Well, you might say that. So let, let me read them, and then maybe we can unpack some of them or all of them. Is another one being in a state of joy? No. <laughs> uh, so first, courage and strength. 
That's on my chi list. What's on the? How did you? What's? How was it said on the chi list? <laughs> I said, experience inner strength, empowerment, yes. and peace all at once. That's exactly the, the lofty idea. Perfect. <laughs> Courage you can't and strength. Be, you can't be a hero or living a uh, life of greatness. Playing it safe. Playing it safe. Well, that's another one. Risk taking is mm-hmm. another. There's another one, which is interesting because I'm. I by nature I'm not a risk taker, but I, I think yeah, that way I know. So courage and strength. So it's I don't know. You would say that you're cautious, but you actually do take risks. Do I? Yeah, you're like a big thinker, and you'll do things that big things. Yes, but but uh, yeah, not in terms of your physicality. Big no, things. but even yeah. you do. I think so. I hope so. I'm giving well, you a compliment. Thank you. I need to develop that if I want to be healthy. I'll help greatness. you. I'll help you. Thank you. Let's so take cur- a risk. <laughs> so courage and strength. I think it's really important to think about. I it. feel like you took a risk on me. No, in terms of like when we when we fell in love, I was anorexic. I was more. I was newer to the spiritual path. Uh, I was raised very differently than you, and I mean, obviously, our souls recognize each other. But yeah, I never see you as interesting. I didn't. It didn't feel like I even even though it's been twenty five, almost twenty six years. Didn't that doesn't feel it didn't feel to me at the time like a risk. I don't. No, think. I know it didn't. But I sometimes think about who our children will choose. And if one of them brought home somebody that was like getting, you know, still in the middle of, I don't know. Actually, no, I'd be open-minded, but I just, I don't know. Interesting. So courage and strength. So something that you both want to have and develop. Greater courage, greater strength. Second, honesty. Because that's expansive, yes. right? Right. Okay. Yeah, you will never be able to reveal that greatness. greatness if you play it safe. Yes. Yes. Second is honesty, yes, which is interesting. I love that one. Because we do know a lot of, again, going back to what we were saying before, we, I've seen a lot of the people, achievers, people who've done big things who are not necessarily living a life of honesty but i think to certainly in line with what we're speaking about there has to be integrity well, like you said before and exactly honesty. and i think that goes back to the emotions right you have to be able to give yourself honest feedback if not then you'll be lying to yourself and you'll live a very different version of your life like when i help people i always say to them i need you to be honest with yourself so you can be honest with me and then do nothing with it i don't care about the courage part just yet First, there has to be honesty, and then you have to be courageous enough to do something about it. But most people spend their lives lying to themselves. Yeah, it's crazy. Kind, loving, and generous. Love that. Let me think kind, about it for a sec. Loving, to live your greatness. And again, That's integrity. Well, then, I mean, kindness, love, and generosity. Is that what yeah, you said? Right, right. You can't live a life of greatness. You, at least not the greatest, without developing i would say not just having some person might listen and say oh i'm kind i'm loving and generous are you developing that by the way i think those are three of the most important characteristics a person can have right agreed 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 and again and this is you know i really i really want to underscore that because and because i i know i've repeated a few times on this podcast but i want to Shut a thought. What? I feel like everything you need to like this is everything you need to know to live a life of greatness. You probably heard in kindergarten. You know, be kind, be brave, be generous. It um, didn't stick. Be brave. You know, like exactly <laughs> right. Those well, are the, we don't live a life words, that develop, continues to that's develop. That's what we say over and over again when you come into the world. These are the things, and then yeah, and then we strive for other things. And the point is that if you really develop kindness, generosity, and love consistently. And act with that. That's a deep greatness that you impart to other people, even if it's one person, you know, in your life. It's really, really important. Risk taking, like I said before, 
and that that makes sense. But I think you know, I, I wonder, I'm trying to think if I if anything I could say that I ever took a risk. Risk. But I think that's aligned with like fears on an option. I think it's not getting pushing to forward, pushing yeah, through, persevering pushing no matter what. Interesting. Yeah. And depth. Hmm. Depth, which is interesting. Because, you know, I, I know a lot, again, I'm trying to think of different people. I know. Which is like substance? Yeah. Yeah, like depth. Yes. How, what else do you say? Um, he says, depth is the timeless, mythical, almost otherworldly quality that marks a hero. It's hard to articulate exactly what this is, but we all know it when we see it. It's what makes even physically small heroes seem larger than life. Basically, I think what he's saying is it means you're always learning and you're always a student, right? To be somebody you always who desire exactly desiring depth, to learn. It's it's about growth and transformation and understanding that you are forever a student. And I I think that probably is one of the most powerful things I heard on the list. Yeah. Yeah. So there's one more thought that I'd like to share with. There, there's one more thing you'd like to leave our listeners with. Well, I do. I just want to touch upon. Um, well, I guess I'll leave you with what I left you with last time, but I want to unpack it just a little bit. And that was a quote from Lori E. Smith, author of Soul Wisdom, A Guide to Miraculous Living. She said, when it comes to assessing intuitive information, it's not so much about certain things we need to do, but rather it's about making space, getting out of the way, so a higher power can connect with us. So I think one of the biggest tools I guess I want to leave our listeners with is listen to your intuition, right? But that needs to be developed. It's about making space and time to hear and become aware of the messages that are around you. So Albert Einstein went against common presumptions in physics due to intuition. In his own words, he said, I believe in intuitions and inspirations. I sometimes feel that I'm right. I don't know that I am. Paul McCartney had a dream of a tune that would become one of the most popular Beatles songs yesterday. And in 1983, Stanislav Petrov defied Russian military protocol. His intuition told him that the early warnings of missile launch by the U.S. were false alarms in the Russian detection system. By following his gut, he prevented a nuclear war between Russia and the U.S. So intuition's real and it can be measured. And I just want to leave with three short things of how to tap into your intuition. One is introspection. Highly intuitive people tend to take time for introspection, meaning having a check-in with themselves of self-awareness, like a body scan, right? That was what I was touching upon with the emotions. That you're able to do a whole scan and see how you feel in your body, your thoughts, body, mind, and spirit, and make sure that you are in a space that you can feel the spectrum of all of your feelings and see them as guides and indicators. I do this throughout the day. I ask myself, how am I feeling right now? So that when something comes at me, I know that if it's something external that I need to look at, or it's maybe a thought that I've had that isn't positive, or maybe something I did the day before that I could have done better, or maybe I'm just in a state of joy and appreciation, right? It's it's really kind of like a, a guidepost. The next one is authenticity. Highly intuitive people are grounded in their authenticity. So you don't act from a place of, I should have, I could have. Instead, you really show up as your true authentic self, not afraid to say what you believe. Okay, if you make a mistake and you're wrong, it's just really showing up and allowing yourself to be seen and knowing what your values are. And the last is exploration, meaning that you're open to new experiences, to learn new things, super curious. And 
it's really going back to how we were as children. And that should actually grow as you get older and older, more and more, and always be curious. You know, if you have your career and you've made a life of that, then what's after that career? And then what's after that to really be in that space? And then you're always tapping into the energy of greatness. Nice. Nice. So, um, Is it nice? It's beautiful. <laughs> um, one of my favorite teachings from the great Kabbalist, Rav Ashlag, he has a concept which he calls contact with the Creator. And he teaches that every one of us is in constant contact with the force that created the universe. How Just so? imagine, we, it's, it's a fact. My soul, your soul that we have within us, is in constant connection, contact. Even when a person's always. cursing somebody else. Always, out. always, so always, how always. How does that look? Well, he said, but he says the difference is some people know it <laughs> and some people don't. And if you An know example, it, then you act differently. Of course you do. Mm. You actually tap in to that tremendous force that you're connected to, right? It's kind of like if you're eating and nobody's around, you might eat with your fingers, whatever. If you're sitting and you and you know, right, you're being seen, or you might have the napkin on your lap and fork and, you know, right? Behavior is very different. Right. So he uses an example of a person who has a lottery ticket and he won the lottery, a billion dollars, a half, whatever. And he has it in his coat pocket. He doesn't know that he has it. He walks around all day thinking, poor me, poor me, poor me. It's just a piece of paper. He doesn't, he doesn't know even actually, know it's a piece. He doesn't, he doesn't the know. Ticket. He has the ticket. And then the man walks up to him and says, you know, by the way, you should check your right top right-hand pocket. And he looks inside, he sees he's just won a billion dollars in the lottery. Now, nothing really changed a second before he realized to a second after. All the time, he had that ticket and therefore the money, but he wasn't aware of it. What Ravashek is saying is that every single one, this is, again, like I said, this is a profound teaching, but to live it is the challenge. I and you and every single one of our listeners right now, is in contact with the force that created the universe. Knowing that allows us to tap into it, use it, reveal it, and live a life of greatness. Not knowing it, even though it's there, makes us live a life of, I would say, poor, a poor life, or a life not living up to the potential for which we came into this world. That's really powerful. It is. And, and I try to think about it all. I try to awaken. This is, not, this is one of those teachings, and I, I hope for our listeners as well, that not only inspires in the moment, but it's one of those that you really want to keep in your pocket. How do you do that? How do you awaken that every day? Just that thought, right? Do you and, think about the lottery ticket in your pocket? No, not the lottery ticket, but the fact that, that my soul is, is deeply connected to the force. People need to visualize the lottery ticket. Okay. The force that created everything. The force that sustains everything. That you're in contact. I'm in constant contact with that force. So I can use it. Mm. I can use it. So please use it. I love that. Yeah. That's great. So I'd like to read actually two letters. Two, look two, at two you. Letters. This is a good Living time on to, the edge, you risk taker, you. <laughs> to remind our listeners to send all of your stories, comments, inspirations, questions, topics, everything to Monica and Michael at spirituallyhungry.life. Monica and Michael at spirituallyhungry.life. So this week, because we have so many le emails, letters from our listeners, I'd like to share two. First one, from Ruth. Dear Monica and Michael, I love your podcast. Thank you. I agree with Monica. Oh, I love you, Ruth. You're, <laughs> you're exceptional. If you, if you remember from two episodes ago, if she's saying, if you take everything off the table, and we knew we could live forever, 
I would be unlimited. Hmm. I would feel like I could do anything I want. Hmm. I love that you wrote in because we argued about this. Yes, Mr. we did. Bird. So at least one person agreed with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first letter. I could not not read that. Uh, okay, the second one uh, from Shaul. He says, Dear Michael and Monica, I have to share with you a profound experience that I had on your episode and on Q&A number 127. Michael made a deep study on reincarnation before answering the first question of Laura. Michael, you gave the example of Josh, and then you said such profoundly loving things that I started crying. The love in your voice of loving him and allowing him to be who he is, it opened a huge sea of feelings that I never felt before for the whole world. Thank you so much for being in my life, for giving us the taste of your soul, of your love. I feel the light thousands more are feeling as well. Thank you to you and Monica. Thank you. I love you endlessly. Thank you. Thank you, Shul, for sharing that. And as we often remind our listeners, it is your letters and hopefully your experiences with the wisdom that you receive from this podcast that inspires us to continue to share this wisdom. So please share this podcast with everybody you know. Go on Apple Podcasts, write five-star reviews, and continue to spread the word of this podcast to everybody you can and know. That was one step towards living a life of greatness. And as always, remember to send your questions, comments, stories, inspirations to Monica and Michael at spirituallyhungry.life. Monica and Michael at spirituallyhungry.life. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as we enjoyed recording. Stay spiritually hungry.